the Special Strength Fitness Podcast, where we break down the psychology, fitness, and nutrition strategies you need to know to successfully transform your life. My name is Imtiaz, and today we're going to be talking about setting realistic, smart goals that you will end up achieving. Most of us in our lifetimes have a goal, whether we set it or not, whether we've defined a goal or not, we have one. Whether it's in our personal life, financial life, uh, career stream, no matter which avenue of life you look at, we always have a goal there. There's always something we're trying to achieve. Let's look at some examples. Maybe in your personal life, you want to have a better relationship with your significant other, or you want to mend bridges with somebody who you've lost connections with over the years. Maybe in your career stream, you're looking to get promoted, you're looking to go to the next job, or you're looking to start your own business. Perhaps financially, you're trying to become more financially independent, or save up for a house or a car or a big expense. No matter what avenue of life, guys, there is a goal. And the first step in achieving that goal is to define it. If you don't define it, if you don't put words and a structure to this goal, you don't know exactly what you're going towards. You know the general direction you're traveling, but it's not specific enough. So how do do we define a goal? There are many ways to do it, and I'm going to separate goals into two broad categories. Okay, One is what I like to call objective or general goals. These are really big statements, okay? So an example is, I want to lose weight. Objectively, that's a great statement. That's a good goal to have for most of us. Another example, I want to eat clean, or I I want to eat cleaner or healthier, okay? And I don't want to get into what eating clean means. That's a whole other podcast we're going to get into. But the point is, that's a broad, general goal. Certainly a good goal to have, but it has nothing attached to it that tells us how to get there. To compare these objective or general goals, we're going to look at the other category of goals, which is action-based goals. An example of this, I'm going to stick to my diet and training 80% of the time. Okay, now that is an action-based goal because it says exactly what you're going to do. You're going to stick to both your diet and your training 80% of the time. So if you've planned 10 sessions in a week, okay, for your training, this is hypothetical, of course, but if, you, if you've planned 10 sessions in a week for your training, you're going to do at least eight of them in the week. That's your, that's your agreement with yourself. That's your target. So what ends up happening when you hit or accomplish these action-based goals? So let's say you hit 80% adherence with your training. Well, you automatically start achieving those broad goals of, I want to lose weight. Okay. Another example. Okay. So the broad goal here is, I want to eat healthier or cleaner. The action goal, instead of the broad goal, would be, I'm going to include two servings of vegetables with every lunch and dinner. You see, that has an action attached to it. That has something that you can do, and that's what you're focused on. You're not thinking big picture here where you just want to eat clean. That that could mean a lot of things to a lot of different people. In the action-based goal, you're looking at including two servings of vegetables with every lunch and dinner. That is very specific, and there's an action attached to it. So that's step number one. You have to define your goal. Once you've defined it, you want to make sure that it is an action-based goal because the action-based goal is what you're going to be facing day-to-day. That's what comes up day-to-day. Getting to your training every day to make sure that you're at at least 80% compliance by the end of the week, that's action-based. You see that on a daily basis. Making sure you include two servings of vegetables with every single lunch and dinner, or try your best to at least, That's an action-based goal you see every single day. That's what you're going to be dealing with every day, not I want to lose weight or I want to eat cleaner. Those are very vague concepts, good concepts, but vague. Okay, number two 
you have to develop a daily action list. And I've alluded to this in my very first podcast where I talked about, you know, I like to plan. I like to plan and have things in place because I've understood and realized if I don't plan, that I'm planning to fail. In episode number two, we looked exactly at this when we looked at motivation versus discipline, right? You need to have a daily checklist. You need to have a plan of success, a system that is set up to help you succeed. So that is critical step number two here. If you don't put down a daily action list, at least for the things that are your immediate goals. So let's say you want to lose 10 pounds. Okay, let's get a specific action goal. I'm going to uh, make sure that I exercise three times a week, every week. Okay, great. Well, what's your daily action list? Well, you're going to list it out for the week. Monday, upper body workout. Tuesday, rest. Wednesday, lower body workout. Thursday, rest. Friday, core exercise. Weekend, rest. You have to put that on paper or on a schedule somewhere. So that way, you no longer have to think about it. It's already written down. All you have to do is follow it. You look at that. Okay, I'm supposed to work out at 4 p.m. Great, awesome. It's time to work out. Okay, and the other flexibility that this builds into your day is if something comes up and life gets in the way, you can always shift that task for that day around. But at least you can keep it within the same day. Or if you have to shift it to the very next day, that's okay. You can adjust something else to make sure that by the end of the week, you're getting those three workouts in. Okay, so that's step number two. Create a daily action list that is easy to follow and that is fitting into your daily schedule. This should not be something that takes you completely out of the norm because then it becomes harder to stick with it. Okay, now let's talk about goals in general. Let's take a step back and discuss goals. You know, when do we make goals? Most of us make a goal at the start of the year, so the New Year's resolution, uh, as we call it. Another popular time to make goals is on our birthdays, right? So we often, uh, you know, I know for a fact that I, I don't do New Year's resolutions anymore per se, but uh, I use my birthday as sort of a marker and I say, okay, so this year I'm at this stage. Next year, I want to be at this person body fat or next year I want to have the ability to lift this kind of weight or perform this kind of physical activity at this uh, standard of performance. So I usually use my birthday as a marker and I use my New Year's resolutions time as sort of like a check. Like, okay, um, where am I right now approximately? Now, it is so critical and so important that once you've written down your goals, okay, so write down your goals for the year, make them action, uh, action-based goals, and then develop a daily action list. It's so critical and important to revisit and revise your goals. This is important because your life circumstances and your interests may change, okay? Let's say you set a goal on January 1st, saying, okay, I want to lose 10 pounds. By the time March rolls in, you no longer want to lose 10 pounds. Maybe your goal has shifted to, I want to get stronger and be able to bench press 50% of my body weight, right? And that's okay. If you don't plan to revise and revisit your goals, then when you get to that point, right, uh, where you know internally you no longer want the 10-pound weight loss, well, there's that inner conflict, okay? And inner conflict is a killer of motivation, of discipline, of drive, of forward momentum. Inner conflict, if, if gone unresolved, can develop into massive, massive roadblocks for a lot of things in your life. So you want to resolve that inner conflict right away by planning. So I'll give you my example. Like I said, I usually plan around my birthday, which is in November, and I'll plan, okay, so by this time next November, I want to achieve roughly this big objective goal. And my action goals is, okay, so every single week I'm going to do this or every single day or every single month. I usually break it down by month, week, and then day. And then I develop daily action lists for the next few weeks. And then I readjust every three weeks or four weeks, depending on how it goes. 
th those are sort of the 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 three weeks that I take, and then I revise. That's sort of the near term. On the long term, you know, I use my birthday to set goals. I'll use the New Year's resolution time to revisit it. Then I'll usually take another three to four months and revisit the goals again. So, so roughly, you know, give or take. Uh, after my birthday, it's New Year's is like roughly a month and a half, two months away. Uh, besides that, uh, every three to four months in a year, I go ahead and revise my goals. I revisit and I say, okay, is this still important to me? Okay, this was a key breakthrough for me because once I started to do it this way, you know, I realized that the perfect setup for me to revisit my goals actually ends up being the change in seasons. And I'll explain why. Now, I live in Canada. And up here in Canada, even though we have global warming and the, the global climate is changing drastically and we have much longer summers, much milder winters, even with that, we stay in a winter phase, if you will, or a fall and winter phase for eight months of the year, give or take. So the seasons here do impact what kind of activities we can do. I love training outdoors. I love going outdoors. I've been like that since I was a young young boy. Uh, if I'm not in the weight room, I'm going to be outside in the field, right? I don't generally like working out at home, which I've had to learn how to love now that the pandemic's kept us all indoors. But I promise you, the moment everything opens up and it's safe to do so, I will be outside on the trail, on the hiking paths, uh, you know, in the in the hills, in the mountains, et cetera, et cetera. But my point is, the season dictates what I can do outside. I can't exactly run in the middle of winter all the time, right? If there's a blizzard, running may not be the smartest decision because if you slip and fall, well, there's an injury and there, now you're out for who knows how many months. And in the fall, sometimes you get, you know, the super windy days, the super rainy days, and I still get out on those days, but generally it's not a comfortable situation, okay? A lot can go wrong, so why take the chance? So I plan around the seasons. That means, you know, we've got roughly four seasons, you know, winter, spring, summer, fall. And I plan to transition my training and the type of training I'm doing around the edges of those seasons. So when I'm starting winter, I know I'm training mostly indoors and I have to switch into a, a lighter weight, higher volume setup, more bodybuilding style just to maintain some, some muscle mass. I'm not really looking for strength gains because, you know, right now I can't access the gym. I, I can't go to the gym. Uh, usually before the pandemic, I would schedule more gym workouts. So actually go to the commercial gyms, lift heavy, get stronger. You know, in the winter, that's when I, I prefer to do more powerlifting style training to get a little bit stronger. In the springtime, I'm starting to transition into more cardio-based activities. So I know I'm spending a lot more time outside doing hikes, walks, jogs, runs. I, you know, I hate long distance running, but I'm, I'm trying to fall in love with it again. So, you know, forcing myself and, and telling myself, no, get out there. It's beautiful weather. Using that as an excuse to enjoy the outdoors, get some fresh air, but also get that different type of exercise. Come summertime, I'm fully engaged mostly in outdoor exercises. I'll go to the gym maybe, you know, once or twice a week. But at the same time, I'm spending three, four, five days a week outside, finding some excuse to do something outside. In the fall, once again, I'm slowly transitioning back indoors. So I push as long as I can during fall. But when the weather starts to go really bad, I have to start transitioning inside. inside. So I start focusing more indoor training, at-home training, you know, until the snowfall starts and then I transition to my winter phase. So I found that revisiting my goals during the seasonal breaks and, of course, resetting it every, on my birthday uh, and revising my goals gives me plenty of opportunity throughout the year to adjust and course correct. Like I said, in the winters, my focus is generally powerlifting and strength building, right? Uh, in the spring, I'm transitioning to running because I want to enjoy the summer and be able to do more outdoor activities and sports in the summer. In the fall time, I'm starting to transition back into a strength or a muscle building phase, depending on, you know, what my goals are for that year. So it, 
the point being, you absolutely, absolutely have to revisit and revise the goals. That's a critical component of making sure you have goals that work for you. Because guess what? Life changes. Life changes. Your goals change. Your aspirations change. Maybe things get in the way and you have to course correct and adjust and go around them. But that's what you've got to do. Okay. There's a beautiful quote that I want to talk to you guys about. And, and many people have said it in many different ways. And Tim Ferriss, the author of the four hour uh, work week and uh, tools for Titans, many other books, you know, he's basically one of these guys who's always looking for the most efficient way to do certain things. Um, this is not, I don't think this was his original quote. He's, he's re-quoting it, but he said, we tend to overestimate what we can do in a day and underestimate what we can do in a month. Okay. And Tony Robbins, and if you don't know Tony Robbins, please Google Tony Robbins. He's essentially a life coach, very good at what he does. I've benefited tremendously from some of the things he's said and programs he's put out. So uh, I highly encourage you to check out Tony Robbins. His books are amazing. He said the same thing, but in a, in a bigger scale. He basically says, we usually overestimate what we think we can accomplish in one year, but we grossly underestimate what we can accomplish in a decade. So the point is, you know, the structure of this saying it goes basically like this. We tend to overestimate what we can do in the short term. So we think we can do a lot in the short term, but we're overestimating. We're, we're, we think we can do more than we can actually do. But we grossly underestimate, hugely underestimate what we can accomplish in the longer term, right? So let's talk about weight loss. Again, I use this example because this is on so many people's mind now because the pandemic's done a number on everybody staying indoors, being sedentary. It's not good. So let's focus on weight loss. Why not? We tend to overestimate and think that we're going to lose weight fast if we go on the XYZ diet, if we start the XYZ training program after being sedentary for about a year and a half or two years, or for some people, even longer than that. But what we don't understand is if we stay consistent and stay at it and, and follow our action-based goals and do our daily checklists, then Within a year, two years, three years, four years, it's amazing the transformations we can achieve. It truly is. And I have experienced this myself. I have taken clients through this process and, and seen, uh, you know, hundreds and hundreds of people just working with them, observing how they change. Once you can get their mindset to accept this fact and get them to organize their, their goals and expectations in a way where in the short term, they understand, you know, there's no point in wanting everything in the short term, we have to space it out over a longer term, and be patient with it and consistent with it. They're almost 100% guaranteed to get the results. There's nothing that gets in the way of that. Right? There's another saying, which basically says, if you never quit, you'll never lose, because eventually you'll get there. And it's so true. Right? It speaks to this quote as well. Because if you just keep going consistently, you will accomplish way more than you ever thought possible. Now, let me put this into context that a lot of people understand, okay? When it comes to saving money, okay, do you think you can put away, you know, $10,000 in the next week in your savings account? Most likely not. But if you were to take, you know, a dollar and put it away every day, what's that, what's that work out to? Like $7 at the end of the week, right? You multiply that over the long term and you'll be amazed how much you save. Isn't that the whole concept behind all these, you know, savings programs that the bank offers us? Isn't that the whole idea of saving for a rainy day is you slowly chip away and, and put a little bit away into the piggy bank or the bank. Every little bit helps. Every little bit grows. And before you know it, in the long term, bam, you're sitting on a pile of money. We do that with our RESPs for our children, right? The, the education plans. We do that for our retirement plans. 
we do it for all of these financial plans and we understand how that works. So what's the, what's the problem here? Why don't we understand that this is exactly how it works when it comes to our health? You can't make drastic changes in a short term. Well, let me rephrase. You can, but the methods you will need to employ to do that, first of all, are very short-term and very aggressive, not so great for you. And second, they do a lot of damage. And third, they're not sustainable. So as soon as you're done with that short-term process, you're going to be right back to where you were and even worse because you rebound. That's what happens. I was just speaking with somebody today and they were telling me the same thing, how you know over the short term, they were able to achieve amazing goals. And this was a post on Facebook and they're struggling because they say every five or six months, I just can't do this lifestyle anymore. I just can't keep training like this and being on such a hard calorie deficit and I fall apart and I take two months and completely blow everything out of the water and my body just doesn't want to move. And I ended up asking her, like, like you ha have you re-evaluated why you're doing what you're doing? Because it seems like you're going really, really aggressive and trying to prolong that for as long as you can, but then eventually you break. And it's not it's not sustainable psychologically, physically, mentally. It's just not sustainable. And that's why you keep rebounding hard and even worse than where you are when you started. So going forward, guys, when you're setting your goals, okay, let's not overestimate what we can do in the short term. And let's not underestimate what we can do in the long term. Think long-term. Think, okay, I want to lose 10 pounds, but instead of giving myself seven days or 12 days of this amazing little detox diet program, slow down. Let me do it on a way in a way that's sustainable, in a way that my body will keep the weight off for the most part, as long as I build the habits, right? And take a little bit longer. You know, I, I'm running a group coaching uh, program right now uh, that I'm doing a beta testing on at this point, and I've got five people in there. And one of one of my clients in that group uh, he's a doctor uh, down in the states, and he did something pretty amazing instinctually, which I think is very, very brilliant. I didn't have to—I didn't even have to tell him this. He did this instinctually because of his educated background with you know the science of how the body changes. Uh, I asked all my clients to set their goals. I said, "Okay, get specific about your goals," and we're going to go over this uh, in our podcast in just a little bit. But I said, "Let's go over, uh, go together, and make a very specific, smart goal." And when he made his goal, instead of saying, "I want to lose ten pounds in two months," He gave himself a good, you know, two, three, four months buffer time because he and I asked him, why did you do that? And he said, because I, I know that, you know, there's got to be some space here for, for falling off the wagon, essentially. And I found that to be so amazing that, you know, when you have information, right, when you have the knowledge, you can make these goals, you can make these achievable, sustainable goals that are easy to do. And before you know it, before you know it, you're going to be there and even better than that. Okay. All right. So let's go ahead and make our goals. Now, you guys must have heard this if you were in you know, school recently. Uh, I'm not sure when they started teaching this in school, but they always say, set SMART goals, S-M-A-R-T. Let's go through that, okay? S for specific, okay? This means your goal has to be specific. Like I said, this ties back to the action goals. It's not just enough to say, I want to lose 10 pounds. Well, do you want to lose 10 pounds in your arm, belly, overall, fat, muscle, like, what is losing 10 pounds? Yeah, it has to be specific. A specific version of that could be, I want to lose uh, two to three inches off my belly so I can fit into my jeans or clothes better. And I want to lose some some fat from, you know, around my upper body, my, my upper back, etc. Those are a little bit more specific. And specificity ties into the next point, which is M for measurable. Your goal has to be quantifiable. It has to be measurable in some way. Now, I'm a big fan of tracking body weight as a general measurement tool, as a data uh, gathering tool. But if you want to get a little bit more detailed than that, 
For example, we said we want to lose a few inches on our stump, uh, around our waist. So, okay, we can measure that. We can take a tape measure and measure that. That's an objective thing that we can do. We can measure body fat percentage by getting DEXA scans and other procedures to, to estimate, okay, how's the body fat percentage doing? Are they 100% reliable and accurate? They're not 100% accurate, but they get us close enough. Okay, so your specificity has to tie into measurability. Okay, whatever you're specific with should be measurable. Another example of specific and measurable goals. Um, I want to bench press heavy. That's a very general goal. Let's make it an action-oriented goal. I want to be able to bench press 50% of my body weight okay, by XYZ date. Okay, so that's a specific, very specific goal. How do you measure it? Well, by XYZ date, okay, or approaching XYZ date, are you on track? Are you making progress at the rate you need to to achieve that goal? You can measure that because when you lift the weights, you can tell, oh, I just lifted 20% of my body weight, then 30, then 40, and then 50. Okay, so easy to measure. The measurement part is very important because if you make it too complicated to measure something, it's just, it's gonna go out the window. I say this to my nutrition clients all the time. I don't need you to weigh every single item of food. I don't. If that doesn't work for you, if that doesn't work for you, there are other ways to measure your food intake. You don't have to count calories if, if you don't want to, but you have to measure it somehow. There has to be a constant that we can measure against. We have to set that baseline. The next section, A, so SMA, A for attainable. Now, this is a very important one because your goal has to be a realistic and attainable goal for you. Do you have the tools or the resources or the time to achieve this goal you're setting? Or are you just dreaming because you saw somebody else do it and you want it? Okay, a very, very clear example of this is when you see those shredded physique and bodybuilding boy, boys and girls who, who look like a million bucks. Most people in the general population who are not and who are not athletes or who are not in bodybuilding or physique competition or who have a, a life, let's say you have a family and kids and whatnot, most people, and I'm, I'm not saying all, most people don't have either the, the time, the resources, or the ability to cut out so many other things in their life just to achieve that physique. Having said that, are people with you know a full life, let's call it, doing it? Absolutely they are. Absolutely. But you have to understand there are sacrifices that need to be made. So if you know that you can sacrifice the things in your life you need to in order to work out at that intensity, at that level, at that volume, at that frequency, and eat everything that's measured and specifically prepared just for competition, if you can do it, then yes, that's attainable for you. But for the majority of you, for the majority of us, it's not attainable because we, you know, most of us have a job of some sort have responsibilities that we can't just throw off and say, okay, I'm going to go to the gym for the next three hours, right? And I'm, I'm generalizing here, of course, because your situation is unique to you, but you have to pay specific attention to this attainability factor. Because if, if you're just dreaming and there's like, you're dreaming of being like a 1% athlete where you fit into the more, you know, 50% of people, generally speaking, I fit into the 50%, right? I'm not in the 1% of athletes. And I don't want to be there because that's not my life right now. That that was something I looked at when I was younger, when I had the time and, and energy and, and, and distraction-free ability to just hit the gym and train all the time and eat all the time and sleep all the time and, and not worry about anything else. But that's not my reality now. So my reality now forces me to reassess my goal and say, okay, what is realistic and attainable for me now? Can I lose a few inches off my waist? Can I get a little bit stronger? Of course I can. 
but can I become a bodybuilder? Sure, I can, but it's not realistic because I have so much in my life that's going on besides fitness and, and bodybuilding and all of that, that I would have to sacrifice majority of that to do, do so. And I don't want to. So ergo, it's not a realistic goal for me. Okay. Next one, R for relevant. Okay. And this ties into attainability here. It has to align with your circumstances. What's your life's goal right now? What's your, your immediate life goal? Right. There's different phases to life. When you're usually on the younger end, there's res less responsibility. So your circumstance could be whatever you dictate it to be. But as you get older, you get a job, maybe you get married or you have a partner or, or you're cohabiting with somebody. Maybe you end up having kids, right? Or you have a job or you have a full-time career that you know that's your baby. Whatever the situation happens to be, the relevancy of your goal, like I said, attainability and relevancy are tied together because the relevancy of your goal has to make sense. It, it, it has to be relevant to your life stage. I, I have personally struggled with this one. Okay, uh, I'm a former athlete. Uh, I've been an athlete all my life. I say former because I no longer think of competing like I used to, but I still compete when I, you know, practice and I get in the gym and whatever. But uh, it's not like I'm trying to win any competitions anymore. That's not happening. Okay, and that's because my life circumstances now are not about that. I'm not about that competition life anymore. I'm about you know having excellent health, having a decent physique, but more important than that, preparing myself for the next 10, 15 years because that's when my body's going to start changing and declining. And I need to make sure I'm ready now and set the habits now. So when I get to the next 10, 15 years, I'm able to perform, or I'm able to stay healthy, I'm able to avoid some of the some of the things that I've seen in my family that, that are passed down through genetics, right? So that's my life goal now. So is it really relevant for me to train like an athlete, you know, five, six hours a day and, and eat like an athlete and sleep like an athlete? No, because it's not attainable, okay? It's not realistic and it's not relevant. This is not what I want right now. So your goal has to be relevant to you. And finally, T for time-based. Your goal has to have a start and an end. Now I say it has to have a start and an end, but keep in mind, you want to revisit your goals and revise your goals. So let's say you say, I want to lose two inches from my waist in four months. Okay, specific enough. It's measurable. It's, an, it's attainable, right? It's realistic. Most people can pull that off. It's relevant because, well, Hell, anybody could use a little bit of waste reduction. Anybody who's overweight, I should say. So, okay, we've hit S-M-A-R. Now, what about T? You said in the next four months or so. Okay, great. You've given yourself enough time. But what happens if you get to that four-month time period and you realize, okay, for whatever reason, I fell off, I got back on, I fell off, I got back on the program, and now I'm at you know my four-month time and I haven't lost maybe more than half an inch or an inch. Well, you know, this is where you revisit and say, okay, so what happened? Why did it not work out? And you readjust your time. Say, okay, so based on my last four months of experience, this, this, this happened, and this is what helped me back. This is what helped me. So I'm going to set myself up for another six months. Okay. This is, of course, just a hypothetical example. But the point is, it has to have a start and an end so you can measure at the end. Okay. How did I do? And measure your whole performance of how you achieved the daily actions or how you conducted yourself with the daily actions based on the time period. And then you can adjust. On the flip side, if within that time, before you even hit the deadline, you achieve your goal. That's awesome. You can now set another goal and go to the next stage and next stage and so on and so forth. So S-M-A-R-T, smart goals, okay? Specific, measurable, attainable, relevant, and time-based. This thing, I remember the very first time I saw a smart goal was back in like middle school or something. And they just lightly brushed over it and I didn't quite understand it at the time. I understood the breakdown, but I was like, okay, like, what is this? You know, it took me 
God, like close to 20, 25, whatever years to finally like understand it. Like, oh, okay. So this is how it applies to life. It's not just a brochure they give you in school. And honestly, it's been a game changer. Like every single goal I make now, after I make it, after I make the general goal, and then I break it down to action goal, then I break it down to daily or weekly tasks, and I put it all in my calendar. I, you know, I, I, I look at it through the spectrum of, is this a smart goal? Is it specific enough? And if it's not specific enough, I don't go to measurable. I stay at specific until I dial it into that specific format. Then I go to measurable. Okay, that's usually pretty easy to figure out. Then I go to attainable. Okay, then I go to relevancy. And relevancy now is easy for me because I understand who I am and where I am in life at this time. Uh, the hardest one for me right now is attainable because, you know, I, uh, an ex-athlete is still an athlete. You never stop pushing your boundaries and your limits and you just always want to give that extra little bit. You know, I get into the gym and I'm going to go for it. I get into the ring and I'm going to, I'm going to train like I'm a fighter, <laughs> right? But I have no aspirations to fight a again. But, uh, you know, I, 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 I train like that because that's just in my DNA. That's who I am. So I still struggle with that a bit, but you know, I still make sure it's attainable and realistic. And finally, time-based, right? Uh, this is where having that Google Calendar for me has paid off dividends because I know exactly I can look into you know the next few months, the next year, and kind of see what I've projected, what I've planned. And I love Google Google Calendar. And I'm not just saying it's Google Calendar. It could be any calendar you use. But I love Google Calendar because I can move stuff around really easily and reorganize and reshuffle my priorities based on my time-based goals. So smart goals, guys, this is how you set these goals. Now. Like I always say, knowledge is not enough. You must apply. You must apply what you learn or you will lose the knowledge as well as the ability to put the, put the information I give you now together in a way that it's useful in your life. So take this knowledge, okay? Come up with a goal. So you start with a general goal. I'm going to use the example of, okay, I want to lose uh, two inches off my belly and I want to lose 10 pounds of body weight. The first thing I would do in that situation is ask why. Why do you want to lose two inches and 10 pounds? What's the relevance of that two inches and 10 pounds? When you can answer that to yourself, and honestly, if it's anything like, oh, because I saw, you know, Jillian Michaels do it or some other celebrity is doing, okay, stop right there. Like, stop. Don't go another step forward until you fix your mindset because watching somebody else do it should not be the trigger for you. That's a motivation. Okay. Oh yeah. Great. Chris Hemsworth. Look at him getting in shape for Thor. That's awesome. But I shouldn't want to get in shape just because I saw him do it. And now I'm like, oh, yeah, I want to get in shape too. No, no, no. Because then subconsciously, you're trying to be like him. And when you do that and you don't see the same results because he's a movie star with tons of money and time and nothing else to do but get ready, get ready for his roles with professional coaches by his side every step of the way, okay? When you can't measure up to that standard because you don't have the same resources, you're going to feel like a failure and you're going to go back into the vicious cycle and fall off the wagon and get that tub of ice cream or whatever is your guilty pleasures. So stop right there, okay? Figure out why you want those goals. If they really do mean something to you, okay? And I'll use myself as an example. I just started a diet phase, what, this past Saturday. So today is, what is it, Tuesday? So today's Tuesday that I'm recording this podcast. So having started this new diet phase, my goal is to get down to a body weight where I know I felt really good, okay? That amount of pounds that I want to lose is not for any other reason, but I know that, okay, at that weight, when I was there, I felt amazing. I felt a good balance of athleticism and power and strength. So I really want to get to that stage because it makes me feel like I'm performing at my best at that weight. So that's how I selected my weight range, okay? 
physique goals are my secondary goals. They're not primary. I don't care if I look like a, a Greek statue. I don't care right now. That's stage two. That's We're not there yet. My stage one goal is weight loss. Stage two, I'm going to start worrying about, okay, let's start getting the fat really, you know, burning off my body. Let's get the abs coming out again, so on and so forth. So as you can see, I've already split my goals into two pieces here, okay? And they're, and they're general goals. Now moving that into action-based goals, okay, I know I need to work out three times a week for strength and at least one time a week for cardio, okay? Because cardio is something I suffer from. I, I suffer it greatly. I, this COVID thing has really messed me up with my cardio training. I've got some hamstring injuries. So I know I've got a long road there. So I know at least once a week, I need to be doing pure cardio work. And three times a week, I'm going to do strength training with a lot of emphasis on those hamstrings and other areas of my body that are very much out of balance and weak at this time. So, okay, I've got action-based goals. Then I break it down into, okay, what do I need to do you know, on a daily basis? Action-based goals are usually weekly. So daily checklist. Okay, so every day I wake up, I need to do a morning stretch. I need to make sure I'm doing a nighttime stretch. I need to do at least one stretch mid uh, sitting down. So I sit down a lot because I'm either studying or recording podcasts, interviewing guests. So in between all of that, I need to make sure I take at least one small stretching break. Okay. What else do I need to do? On workout days, I need to do A, B, C, D, E. On non-workout days, I need to do A, B, C, D, E. And in terms of nutrition, these are my daily habits I need to hit. So as you guys can see, there's a lot of planning that goes into it. So I usually take like, you know, a good half a day to plan all of this out. But once this is all planned and inputted and written down, like I said, you got to write your goals down. Once it's written down, in my case, in Google Calendar and all the sticky notes in front of me to remind me, okay, you know, this is what you need to be doing. It's done. The mental work is done. I've offloaded the mental work onto pieces of paper, on my calendar, everywhere that it needs to be. Now my job is easy. Now my job is show up, look at what you need to do, and do it. I only have to focus on getting that task done for that time in that day. I don't have to worry about, am I losing weight? Am I doing this? Am I doing that? Who cares? I just need to follow the process. Trust the system. Trust the process. Finish it. Follow it through. See it through. And I promise you, by the end of the time that I've set for myself in my SMART goals, I know for a fact, even if I don't hit my goals, I'm going to be so much better than where I am today. And if I hit my goals, awesome. If I surpass my goals, even better, awesome. But all I have to worry about, the only thing my brain is tasked with is look at what's on your calendar and do it. Look at what's in front of you and stoke that motivational fire. Get that discipline going. If you guys want to know what I'm talking about in terms of, in terms of stoking that uh, motivational fire, check out episode number two where I talked about motivation versus discipline, how to find more motivation and build more discipline. It's an awesome podcast if I do say so myself, and I think you'll greatly benefit from it. All right, guys. So I hope that gives you some solid, solid takeaways, some solid strategies with which you can now go ahead and set realistic, smart, achievable goals and actually achieve the things you're trying to achieve. So many of us waste our time because we overwhelm ourselves with so many short-term goals. I want to lose 10 pounds. It's been two weeks. I've done four workouts and I've been eating quote-unquote clean, okay? Not measuring anything. Why am I not seeing any results, right? Oh, who cares about this? Uh, just today I'll have pizza and ice cream and fall off the wagon and that cycle just takes you completely out of the path, right? We, we do this so often. Let's fix that. Let's break that habit. Let's break that routine. Let's set those goals that set us apart from everybody else setting mediocre goals. Okay, guys? All right. If you have any questions, comments, please leave them down below. 
send me a message. You guys know how to reach me. You can email me at ikabir.fitness at gmail.com. You guys can also reach me on Facebook. You can just look me up, MTS Kabir. My Instagram is ikabir.fitness if you want to reach me there as well. At this time, you know, outside of recording podcasts and interviewing guests, I'm also setting up a lot of interesting things to come in the future. Uh, I, I don't want to give them up yet, but definitely keep your eye out because we, first of all, got amazing guests coming through as I'm doing these interviews. I cannot wait to share them with you. And uh, there's some pretty kick-ass programs coming your way from me in the very near future. So I can't wait to share with you guys. Thank you all for tuning in today. And until next time, take care of yourself, stay strong, be kind to one another, and I'll see you then.